defenses. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. All right, perfect. Yeah, just don't even acknowledge that. We We're not even going to acknowledge that. Okay. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Bird Protocol. I am Palm Reader. Sup, and I'm Otis Morris. Uh, we just did another start, a false start. And it kind I told of you not to mention it. Well, it was, I just wanted to make a joke about it because the wheels falling off was a funny bit. I was going to try and incorporate it again. But fine, we'll just keep on trucking as Whoa. if... I guess. Well, you could have just, I don't know, organically been like, the wheels are falling off. And uh, then that could have been like, ah, your wheels are falling off, man, they are. Yeah, And we you did know it. what? I feel like this This really just shows that the wheels truly have yeah, fallen off. Yeah, they truly did fall off. They but didn't fall off. They flew the fuck off and, like, decapitated yeah. somebody else. I mean, we started without even introducing the podcast. We just started talking about the movie the last time. So this time we're going to do it right. Once again, Bird Protocol, thanks for tuning in. Sorry we missed last week. We were busy as fuck. Let's keep it rolling. We're talking about the 2017 war film that was written, directed, and produced by the man man. Okay. We're back. Honest to God, we're cursed. There's a ghost. I saw it. I saw it in his house. This podcast is cursed. Yeah. Please don't possess us, ghost. Don't do it. Okay, we're going back. So I said, what did I say? Written, directed, and produced by the man himself, Christopher Nolan. That's right. We promised it last week. This is Dunkirk. We are talking about the 2017 film. Yeah. I think I already said that, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, just watched it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what a what a film. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, well, well put together narratively. I love the stuff that he's doing with time. It's a very bleak film, but I mean, I don't think World War II was like sick. Times. You know, yeah, I don't think it was happy. I don't think people were just sitting around, just all chum a bum, like, "Hey, man, you know, we're gonna go kill some Germans, right?" Yeah, yeah I mean, no. it's and it shows like there's a one part, one thing that I really liked is it shows like quiet heroism. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't show, like, um, it's not like some dude running with a flag, storming a, a bunker and killing a bunch of Nazis. Yeah. I don't think you even see Nazis, aside from N- planes. No, you see Nazis at the very end. Oh, right, right, right. When oh, um, Tom Hardy's standing with his burning plane. Yeah. But you don't even really see them see them. No. Like, there's no, like, characters. No. It's just about the British. Character. Yeah, it's just about the British, some French guys, or the belt. The one Belgian guy. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think it's a movie about the quiet heroism of, of the war. And and um, obviously, it was a passion project. Uh, and uh, it is a fantastic film. It's a little bleak at times, but very beautiful. Um, and uh, there's a lot to unpack technically. Uh, and also I think that all of the people, all like narrative wise and the actors themselves all did a fantastic job. I don't think there's anybody in that movie that was phoning it in in any way, shape or form. No. Um, so it's, it, it really does kind of transport you to that time. The yeah. stuff that they do with the, the time shifting kind of conf- is, I can see how it could be a bit confusing to people at the start. Yeah. Cause well, like not at the start, like yeah, their well, first time watching it, they might get a bit confused because you're stretching the f- air is one hour, yeah, and the then water is one, one day, day, and then the land stuff is over a week, yeah. So it's like 
all these things seem to be kind of happening at once and it isn't until the end where they all kind of intersect briefly. Yeah. Like you see Cillian Murphy's character in the boat at the one point and then, and then he gets picked up by the other, by the, 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 the pleasure yacht, the old man yeah. in the boat. Anyway, we should probably say what this movie's about so that people understand this movie is about, uh, uh, during world war two, there was an actual, um, well, it's about the end of the battle of France. So essentially by the 1940s, Nazi Germany has, has essentially taken over all of France. They got the French, Cause French, let's be serious. They're pussies. The French and I will, if you listen to my other podcasts, I've talked about this for the last couple of weeks, how much the French suck. And in this war, they really fucking sucked. And so basically 1940, uh, France gave up. The Germanys took over basically all of Europe. And then it wasn't until 1944 that, you know, uh, the Allied forces were able to take it back because by that time Germany was spread so thin across. But the Dunkirk evacuation, essentially, Dunkirk was the last remaining remaining city where any French or British people could basically live. The whole country was overrun by Nazis and basically they had to get into Dunkirk and then wait for boats to take them across the English channel back to Britain where things were basically hunky dory and ready to just chill. Yeah. And I mean, it's so weird how just across a body of water, it's like over here are Nazis literally destroying France. And then here at that point, Britain's just like, so then the, the other thing you have to understand is that there were so many soldiers, like there's like, I think he says at one point there's like 400,000 yeah, 400, 400, soldiers of uh, British soldiers mm-hmm. and then a bunch of French yeah. soldiers too that are waiting there and they could only get a small number of boats in at a time because um, what the Germans did is they, I mean, the French and the English had a perimeter, but the Germans just let them stay on the beach and started dropping bombs and stuff on them while yeah. they were all waiting. And they could only move a certain number of boats in at a time because of the U-boats and because of, um, uh, and because of the size of the, sh- of the ships and, and that little bridge, yeah. which they call the mole, um, that they couldn't get many boats in because they didn't want to risk sinking more boats and being it yeah. having it unable to grab anyway it's all because on one the side film. it was like open water and then one side it was like beach water so they yeah. can't really bring a giant ship on into the beach or else you're gonna beach it yeah and so and and also the their the tides there are really like wild yeah so it's like the they go up really really far and then they go way way down so it's like anybody who comes in and they're trying to load it in. The tide starts going down. They could get beached. There was a ton ton of reasons why they didn't want to do it anyway. So the film opens explaining the situation. And we see the soldier who's, I don't think he's ever named, but the main character. And we see what happens. Uh, his The people that he's with wind up getting caught in the street and killed. And then from that point on, it's just pretty much following a bunch of soldiers who are doing their best to survive uh, a family, a father and a son whose other son died in the war already, who is requisitioned by the Navy, the British Navy to go over in the small boats. Well, actually they weren't supposed to go. They were supposed to like surrender their boats to the Navy. So the Navy could use their boats. But then he was like, nah, son, me and my son are going on our own. And the other guy. And then George, just the other kid just ripped to him. He just jumped on. He's just like, I'm so anyway, what it wound up happening during this battle is that they were getting people out slowly, but surely through different boats. But a lot of them were sinking. They're being attacked by bombers and, and flight fighters in the air and U boats. Um, and so 
uh, this fleet of small ships that were both requisitioned by the Navy and also just uh, civilians who wanted to help got in their boats, their small boats and boats and I, I guess this episode is truly cursed. Yeah, we're getting cut off a bunch of times. So anyway, if this cuts off again. I think I'm I'm just smashing my head against the wall. Uh, so anyway, the small boats were traveling across the channel to go pick up their soldiers. The small boats could get up onto the beach, which made the evacuation quicker. And uh, and also they're harder to hit from planes and U-boats and all of the larger boats, which is kind of funny to me that it's harder to hit something smaller on the water. But anyway, that's just military, mili- mili- military, I don't know, I'm now I'm glitching. Um, that's just military strategy and weird whatever. But anyway, so they went and did that. They got the boys back to, to yeah. Britain. And this movie is following a selection of people that are going through that uh, again in different temporal uh, ranges. The mm-hmm. people on the beach, it's over a week. The people in the boat, it's over a day. Takes about a day to cross the channel, and then the Tom Hardy and um, uh, other guy with blonde hair, yeah. um, and random dude who died uh, in their planes, and they're that's only an hour. But the way Christopher Nolan frames it is that they, you're kind of learning things that are happening in those time frames, yeah, side by side. So I could see how it yeah. is confusing because the, the first time viewer, the 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 airplane sort of segment is kind of playing out almost kind of in real time sort of and because the planes themselves only have an hour worth of fuel so they that's as long as they could be in the air yeah and i mean that story literally starts with them on the runway taking off and then, and then them saying you have this much fuel yeah. and this much time. And I think that it's, re- I think that the way that it's done, it, it, which actually Tom Hardy also has less because he doesn't have his fuel gauge. And then he also puts his, he starts flying at a higher. So he's burning more fuel than he previously. So his calculations are all off, but well, I think he knows, but yeah, I mean, he does know. I think there's yeah. that part where he's in the cockpit and he's like looking and he's like trying to decide what he's going to yeah. do. And then he decides to be a hero and then get caught as a POW. And you never know if he actually gets taken as a prisoner of war or just gets shot. Yeah. Never show it. But, uh, but again, quiet heroism, the quiet heroism of the movie that he goes and does all that stuff and saves them. Um, saves hundreds, thousands of people. Yeah. Because um, that. Yeah, that ship. Yeah, so then you're following this, the British soldiers that are stu- stuck on the, uh, constantly trying to escape. They try and sneak onto a boat. They try and uh, get onto another boat that sinks because of a torpedo. They try and get in another boat that gets shot at. They try and do all these different things. And as they're going, they're collecting more and more other British soldiers that are just trying to survive. They're just all trying to survive. They're just trying to find places just waited out so they can at least get across. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the start, I think it's kind of clear that the main character and then the French guy who doesn't speak. Yeah. That they just want to leave. They just want to yeah, get Yeah, they just want to get the fuck out. But then. But then as they keep failing at it. They get, and that's the one of the things that's so depressing about this movie is that they keep doing stuff and you think that something good's going to happen and then just something bad happens. It's like yeah. they nearly die and then they and then they get something else going and then they nearly die again and then they get something else going and then they nearly die again and then you know it just continually gets worse and worse. And then you have the family as we said um the 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 boy George 
and then the father and the son, I can't remember what their names are, uh, who are out there on their boat crossing. Um, Mr. Dawson. Yeah, the crossing, crossing the, the channel, going to pick people up, and they pick up Cillian Murphy, who's um, a soldier who is also there. What was is, he on top? Was he on top of, like, a boat? Yeah, he's just sitting on top of a boat. Oh, yeah. And he's just... My girlfriend was super hard for this movie. Like, her three, like, biggest what dreams are in this movie. Who? Fucking Cillian Murphy, Tom Hardy, and Harry Styles. Yeah, Harry Styles, I was going to get to that. And that's, like, this movie, it's a sexy movie. And then you have Kenneth Branagh just looking old and sexy, too. Yeah, I There's mean, he's lot- aged well. <laughs> it's just a lot of good-looking men in this movie. Even um, covered in mud, they look good. So, uh, <laughs> did you see this movie in theaters? No, I wish I did. Though. I didn't either. I know I'm so, like... Why didn't I see it? I think it came out in like October and I just wasn't, no. I just wasn't into it. We should probably go. No, but I bought it. I, I bought it like day one when it came out on Blu-ray and watched it. And I was like, fuck yeah. All right. I'm just going to go through the wiki to, to blast through it. Uh, Dunkirk portrays the evacuation from three perspectives, land, sea, yeah. and air. It has little dialogue as Nolan sought to create suspense from cinematography and music. Yeah. Film Filming began in May 2016 in Dunkirk and ended that September in Los Angeles when post-production began. Cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoytema. Yeah. Is that how he's... Hoyt Van Hoytma? I, I believe so. Shot the film on IMAX 65mm and 65mm large format film stock. This is a film... Um, and uh, Dunkirk has extensive practical effects and employed thousands of extras as well as historic boats from the evacuation and period airplanes. It premiered on the 13th of July in 2017 at Odeon uh, Leicester Square in London and was released in the United Kingdom and United States on 21st of July. Oh, so it was in July. I get Then why didn't I see it? I, I, I thought know. it was in October that it came out. I don't know. My my. What's wrong with me? Um, it is the highest knows. grossing World War II film, making $526 million worldwide. It received praise for its screenplay, direction, musical score, sound effects, and cinematography. Some critic, critics called it Nolan's best work and one of the greatest war films. Too. The film received eight nominations at the 23rd Critics' Choice Awards, winning for Best Editing, uh, eight at the 71st British Academy Film Awards, winning for Best Sound, three at the 75th Golden Globe Awards, uh, and at the 90th Academy Awards, it received eight nominations, including Best Picture and Best Director. It went on to win for Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Film Editing. Yeah, and honestly, should have won Best Director and should have won Best Film that year, I think, as well. Um, because that year, fucking Shape of Water won. And let's be serious, Shape of the Water is like the shittiest Best Picture. I actually, winner. I watched it once and I've never watched it again. I it's, don't even think I finished watching it. It's so fucking boring. It's about a deaf lady fucking a fish. What? Okay, I get Guillermo del Toro is some sort no, of... don't kink shame. I forget he's like... I get it. He's some weird, fat, little, like, furry monster that if you let, leave, like, leave frolic Del, leave Del past Toro midnight, alone. he comes up with some crazy get, shit. Get mad at the Academy. Don't get mad at Del Toro for making his fish No, I just film. hate that it was his weird fish fetish movie that got him awards. He yeah, has such better be movies. Another, it should have been other movies. Like, he has but such better movies. Like, look, it's great that now are he's we really, able are to... We really, do we really believe that the Academy Awards... Makes the best choices. No, every but year. if you're trying to tell me no. that that Shape no. of Water is a better movie than Dunkirk, Three Billboards, Blade Runner, twenty forty whatever, twenty forty nine, better. You're gonna say twenty fifty nine, twenty something, whatever. I don't know. Batista's <laughs> small eyes. 
Oh my god, Batista's small eyes. Yeah, he does have little. He's got a big, thick wrestler's skull. Yeah. Um, he's anyway, got a big no, I agree. Head. I'm in agreement with you. I am absolutely in agreement with no, you. I just, I, I just don't appreciate the Del Toro slander. No, it's not Del Toro slander. It's just like it's this dumbest movie. Like it's the dumbest concept ever. Fair enough. Like it's a deaf lady fucking a fish. Yo, check out this cast name, the cast names on uh, for Dunkirk. It is great. So this is the cast, Dunkirk. Uh, Fian Whitehead is Tommy. I believe that's the main character. Yeah, it's the main um, guy. Tom Glyn Carney is Peter. I don't know who that is. Jack Loudon is Collins. I think that's the other that's, that's pilot. That's the pilot guy who yeah, shot the, down the pretty and picked pilot. up. Yeah. Harry Styles is Alex. Uh, Enuin Bernard is Gibson. That's the French dude. Yeah. James Darcy is Colonel Winnant. That's one of the dudes from the bridge. That's the guy that looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah, Kenneth Branagh as Commander Bolton. Cillian Murphy as Shivering Soldier. <laughs> yeah, it never says his name. It just never says his name. Um, and then he just murders a kid. Uh, Mark Rylance as Mr. Dawson. Tom Hardy as uh, Ferrier. And Barry Keegan as George. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, the cast kills it. Uh, and the extras kill it. Like this movie, when you watch it, it actually feels like you're watching real war. Like that's the one yeah. thing that I noticed is that like it's not the way that he shoots it is very stark and very wide, uh, and very like it doesn't pull away yeah. when the action happens. Like a lot of things will shoot things in that action style to make it seem like everything's happening really fast and everything's, you know, the, the, yeah. the pace is rising to rise with your excitement. Whereas this one, it's like they show the part, even at the start of the scene where they're on the beach and they're all in lines after he goes and, and goes and takes a poop. Cause he's scared after he gets shot at, which is right at the start. And they're all lining up and the, the planes come and they all, get down on the ground and he lies down on the ground and you watch the bombs go off from down yeah, the beach and it comes. slowly comes forward. And then finally it like lands one right on the dude. That's like a couple feet away from him. And yeah. that's gnarly, but like, it's not it, the way that, that Nolan and, and, um, and the cinematographer made this is that it's not uh there's not a lot of quick cutting. There's not a lot of uh, action cutting. It's all meant to kind of like, be stark and realistic and it makes the whole thing seem so uh like overwhelmingly upsetting yeah like what in like the scenes even in the scenes where there are there is um faster paced cutting it's still not to the point that you would see in like uh you know like paul greengrass like um, yeah born style yeah, like fast or, action cutting or anything like that like even in the scenes where the boat like there's that scene where they're hiding under the pier and the boat gets hit yeah. and then the people fall in the water and they're like trying to swim away from the boat before it hits the pier and you just yeah. watch the boat slowly go into the pier and then you yeah, hear, the, as hear like, the dudes get crushed yeah you hear guys get pinned between the fucking pier and you see a guy like oh fuck oh. Yeah, it's gnarly man like, yeah but it, at the same time it's not like it's not gratuitous. Yeah. Like no. there's not a lot of gratuitous um, blood and gore and violence. And yeah. like the deaths that you see are very like. Yeah. Cause the movie itself even kind of starts like it just kind of like the camera just kind of happens to fall upon this group of guys that are just kind of looking around trying to find some food and run One down stealing a cigarette. Yeah. Dude's stealing like a smoked butt. Smoke That's probably butt. been smoked by like five different dudes by now. It's all filter at this point, but he's hurting. 
And then they're trying to get a bite to eat and now north open fire and like it the camera kind of moves just like it kind of just stumbles across these people you don't even know who the main character is and then it just ends up being the one the guy one guy, guy survives. survives yeah and then you're like oh and by then, chance too and he does yeah. a really good job of showing how just how by yeah. chance everything because then is. he even almost gets shot by the french too who are like barricading the evacuation site yeah it's, they're the the french and, and there's, not, there's a french and then the back line of english are the yeah. people that are are holding the 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 front so that they can't get across but then uh, there's a point where kenneth Branagh's character says oh yeah they're not gonna try and come across until the planes have done their have picked us off yeah. which is a big portion of the that first part of the movie is just them navigating the beach and then like the planes just keep coming by and bombing boats and shooting people and they're all on this long dock so the planes just keep coming by and dropping bombs near the dock and like there's a couple of shots where you do see it actually happen but it's just like an explosion and people go flying there's no like close-up of guts hanging out or like any yeah. like gratuitous stuff it's more just like this stark almost realistic view of like what it was actually like and people are getting blown up and then all the dudes just go back to waiting Cause there's nothing else they can do. And that's like, yeah, super like, I don't know, just it kind of shows like how like drowned out, like, and how like fucking, I guess, diso like people are, they're, they're just so used to it. Like, it's literally like clockwork. They're like, okay, stand here, wait on the fucking, what's it called? The, the mole. The mole. So just wait here, stand on the mole. And then, Oh, here's and they all look up. That's like, such a crazy oh, shit. shot. And then they're like, "Okay, get down." That that's such a crazy shot, though. The part when you, they're all standing there, and then you hear the and then they all, the first couple guys look up, and then they all look up, and then they all duck down. But it like goes like a wave, and yeah, it, you can see all the way down where they're ducking. I mean, there's some stuff in this movie, like film wise, that's incredible. Oh. I think all of the aerial shoot. Film? Dude, the fucking all the the like the dog the air like dog fight. It's literally like a like a Call of Duty game. Like like a first person. You feel like you're like a pilot. Yeah, and the thing that's crazy too is that again we're not doing a lot of we're not. It never leaves the perspective of the pilots. Um, yeah. And it never. I mean, it's not first person. You do see the, them actually flying information, and you see them turning yeah. and doing stuff. But in that, when the enemies come, you're only really seeing the yeah. enemies from their perspective. So you're not like like after they shoot down the first one, when the second one comes out of the sky and shoots um, Tom Hardy's plane, Ferry's plane, and he breaks the the gas thing. Yeah. Um, you don't have any inclination that that's happening, but it seems totally normal. Like they're fighting and they're just focusing on the one guy and then they lost one of the other pilots and they're trying to find him and then all of a sudden, boom, a couple bullets hit his plane and and then the guy, the other pilot comes yeah. into view and, and it's not one of those things where there was no suspenseful buildup, there was no, but it wasn't like a jump scare. It was yeah. just like, it's hard to explain like the way that they they tell the story in this film. Yeah. It just shows the, I, I keep saying the stark reality, but it is just yeah. the reality of war. There's not yeah. like a lot of glossing over things with, by making it look cool or, mm -hmm. or doing all this stuff. It, it looks cool just because it yeah. is what it is. And the editing of this movie, like this movie owes so much to its editing. Cause there's like, cause that's the thing that makes like, cause the time, the time thing, it's not meant to be confusing. Like it's not meant to be like inception. No, I think it's I, not meant to be, but it's so it's edited so well together that you forget 
almost. Because like that, shit will because yeah. ha- shit will happen like in the sky like dog fighting, but then it will then cut to like the people on the beach watching a dog fight, and you just make the connection like oh they're watching that dog fight even though like this is like three days before yeah but it's like that's basically this that's the thing is that this seven days that the movie covers but you're getting it at different intervals was basically just the same thing over it was rinse repeat just fucking yeah shit just like explosion wait holy fuck we're still alive oh some oh, another nope. another, bo- oh, another boat let's get yeah. on that boat oh, oh this boat got torpedoed time yep, to jump fuck. Let's that's get back. another thing yeah. in this movie that they did he he did incredibly a good job of is all of the boats like sinking yeah and showing that like like some of that stuff was really like upsetting slow like the the part where the one the french guy he gets drowned like gets left behind like that part is like it's because it's just you just see him just sort of like slowly drift off into the darkness and it's just like fuck man yeah but like i don't know like and like all the underwater scenes are shot so bad, like because I hate drowning. Like I would, I don't want to drown in my entire life. And this movie, I don't want to die. It, I'm just not gonna die. No, just drowning just seems like one of the worst ways to go. Like, yeah, no, I'm I'm agreeing, but like, I'm also saying I'm just I've decided. And this I'm movie just death. makes it just like yeah, this seems like even worse. Like you can watch like a movie like I don't know, like I don't know some other movie again where people drown. It doesn't seem that bad, but this because movie it's since st- it's like shot underwater and it's like almost going real time, you're like they've been under here for like two minutes. Like what the fuck? Well, I think the, thing, the tension, I, I think like again, the tension, is I so think, good. Again, it's the the editing and the way that it was shot, but it's also this the way that everything is framed, like this quiet heroism and this like kind of stark misery that it is that they show. I keep saying stark, but it is a stark film. I was watching it and I was like, I was like, damn, this movie is like kind of filled with despair, but there's moments, but there's moments of like, bravery but the bravery is small it's like kenneth Branagh at the end being like i'm not going to get on here i'm going to stay and help the french and then they they he they just salute each other and there's no close-ups there's no no there is one close-up when he sees the boats and his eyes get all teary but there's no swell of music there's no you know it's just like this is the way that it was in the small acts of bravery and then the the kind of plain evil the, yeah. the the straightforward evil like drowning in a boat that just got hit by a torpedo in most movies there would be cuts to all these different things happening and all this stuff and then this movie spends 30 seconds just following the boat as it tips over and yeah. everybody's trying to swim out from underneath it and you see dudes who are obviously just going to be stuck and they're going to die and they're going to drown and it doesn't turn away it's just like this is what it is yeah. It's not over stylized. It's not, but it it's stylized, but it's subtly. It's yeah. so subtle that it kind of reflects. But it's not like Quentin Tarantino stylized. If, if there was that scene, the water would be fucking run red or be fucking heads exploding. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is that a lot of war movies they like they have to like yeah. pull play into this like. Oh, like, because yeah, in like, this movie, people just die. Like, some dude just dies, and they're like, okay, we got to keep keep it moving. Yeah. And then in other movies, it's like people die, and there's this big moment where everybody goes, oh, you blah, blah, blah. In this movie, yeah, just like, like, you that get that out, dead, like, some sort of, like, going. Oliver Stone, like, big yeah. Hollywood bullshit. Yeah. Like, like, this movie basically has, like, no dialogue to it. 
It's cause yeah, like, there's, like I can imagine because it's a bunch of people how, that don't know each other. This, I want to look. The script is seventy six pages. Wow, which is shorter than your average. Like, what's the average Hollywood movie? A hundred pages. So, and that's seventy six pages. That and it ends up being a hundred and fifty, like forty five minute movie. So, although I will say the last montage, like that last selection after, yeah, they that's get like back the most like, like Hollywood thing. Of and like it's the very, very well over. done. It's very well done, and it and it it does elicit strong emotions. Yeah. I was watching it, and I felt very emotional watching that last little bit where you know you follow yeah. Ferrier down to the ground where he lights his plane on fire. You see the people on the boats leaving. You see them get back, and they get on the train and. People are cheering yeah. them on, even though they feel like they they're feel, failures. Yeah, because they're like, fuck, we didn't win. We're losers. And yeah. then people are still like, yeah. They're just no. happy to have yeah. their boys back. And like, it's it's a very it's a very well done montage at the very yeah. end. The end of this movie hits an emotional tone that that is is really well yeah. done, but not um it's not super stylized. And then, it's not it is stylized, yeah. but it's not overdone. It doesn't yeah. become cheesy at any point. Yeah, and then you have the big sort of reveal at the end that the pilot's Tom Hardy, who's probably arguably the biggest star in the movie. Probably I could behind. tell him from his eyes. Yeah, but if you didn't have like if you didn't know Tom Hardy was in the movie, you'd be like, Oh shit, Tom Hardy was in okay. Yeah, okay. I could I could buy into that. Yeah, I, I know his eyes. He wears too many masks, so yeah. now I've known to. Yeah. Now I've known how to look at his and, eyes, and he's got a little bit of a Bane voice in this movie too. I think it's just. I think it's just because he's got the mask on, and they're yeah. actually emulating it. But uh, yeah, and then he kind of has his big heroic moment at the end. But where, then nobody knows. Like but, that's yeah, the thing is that's, that's the nobody knows that, that he did it's, it. it. That's the like reality of the movie that like nobody knows. The only person who knows that he did it doesn't know whether he survived is that other guy. The other yeah, pilot. the guy. Yeah, the guy. Yeah. He hey, but he, he doesn't it. know that he survived. He doesn't know what happened to no. him. He doesn't know anything. No. He's just, he's like, oh, he's going out there to, yeah. to fight. And, and like, people. and that final kill that he gets is also overtime because he has no fuel. He's running. He's he's just gliding. He goes, no, he goes to his. Oh yeah, he's just at gliding at that point. And that's there. why he's because nobody hears him. They just hear the German. They're just like, oh fuck. And then Al Nora just gets, and then you just look up. You just see this British plane I didn't even just coasting. Think about that when it happened, that they when they didn't hear. Him they wouldn't hear him because he, yeah, his engines were off. Right, because oh, he was man. out of fuel. He was see, just that's coasting. Sick. That's sick. But yeah, I really because that's the thing. After he killed, I think he was just going to go off that way, and then he was like, oh fuck, and then came back. And then since he came back, then he ended up flying off into enemy territory. What a wild movie. Yeah. It's uh it's honestly it is a war movie. It's very, very much a war movie, but it's it's different it's not like watching um yeah. Saving Private Ryan or like, you know, We Were Soldiers or something like that. Nobody like none of the main characters shoot a gun. Not a single bullet is fired by like a main character at uh, an at enemy. At the start, the dude does, but then well, he drops like, his gun. Yeah, but then the whole movie is just people just surviving, pretty much. And Which then, is a theme in in the dialogue yeah. too. There's a lot of conversations yeah. about because a whole third of the movie is about people that aren't even soldiers. They're just British people just trying to help out. Yeah, and doing doing their yeah. their job. And I I thought that that the stuff with the with Cillian Murphy on the on the boat, Mister Dawson's boat, and them arguing and him being like, there's nothing back there. And he's like, if we don't go and save people, there won't be anything 
left at home either. Yeah. Like we have to do it. Like it's just what we have to do. And that whole thing. And then Cillian Murphy knocking George down and George, I guess gets a brain bleed and dies. Yeah. He smashes his head and I guess gets a brain must be a blunt, brain blunt force, trauma, force to the head. trauma to the head and the kid dies. And then at the end they like yeah. lie to him because they're like, Oh, he's like, this dude suffered PTSD. enough. Like, like he's got big PTSD. time. He was on the middle of an overturned boat in the ocean, sh- sitting there shivering. Yeah. Like, his dude's obviously and seen, then he had to seen go, hell. <laughs> yeah, and then he had to go back to the war zone he just got away from and then had to escape it again. So, you know, Cillian Murphy goes through a lot of shit. Yeah. And then when they first, and then when the British people, some of them all first get back, and they're like, pe- people are like, what the fuck? Because they're like sort of disappointed. Like, well, I think some soldiers are like, cause somebody, well, yeah, I know Harry Styles, his character is like, I can't look at the, I can't look at him because the guy's banging on the wall. He's like, I can't look at him. I can't read what they wrote about us. Yeah. Cause he feels like he feels like he, and he says it earlier in the film too. He's like, if, when we go home, we're just, we losers. We're just surrendered. We just yeah. gave up, you know? And then that guy gives him the beers through the window and is like, it's like, thank God you're home or whatever he says. Yeah. And then he starts realizing that, you know, like, yeah. even though we lost, like, we could have lost a lot more. Yeah. And then the boys are back in town by Thin Lizzy starts playing. And then it says, directed by Ron Howard. No, but it's, it's all done. It's all done so well. I, I just think it's such a great film. I think it is one of the best war films I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it was a hard watch today because I'm not in a good mind state, but I it, I was stricken by also just some of the shots are so beautiful. Like some of the shots yeah. of the boats on the water, the yeah. shot of the plane burning with Tom Hardy yeah. standing there. I was the going to, because I was going to make the argument. I was going to be like, this movie, sh-, I was like, fuck, this movie didn't win for best cinematography. And then I looked and I was like, oh, Blade Runner won. Okay. It's like, that's the only movie I would allow. Yeah, for. that's. That's it. But even, and even the shots of the beach too, like the shots yeah. where all the people are lining up and it's all shot in the wide, like 65. So it's, yeah. It and this seems- movie, that's the thing to mention too. It also shifts, uh, from, uh, like frame, um, like dimensions. I don't know if you noticed that. Really? Yeah. The, it probably did. The, uh, well, I don't know if it's just the Blu-ray version. I have maybe, but the air shot are shot in a more wide screen and, yeah, there's there's different framing for different stuff. I don't know, because I think he shot... Because some scenes were meant for IMAX, so maybe that's just how it came out in the Blu-ray. They just had to fix it and uh, re reframe it or whatever. Switch the resolution. I don't, know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Anyway, it was it, it is a fantastic war film. Yeah. It's a kind of... Sub, I don't want to say subversive, but it does subvert certain expectations of of war films and, and, uh, and, and tropes of, of war films, but it does a really great job of capturing that desolate, um, and overpowering uncertainty and fear. Yeah. But also shows, like I said, I, I think, I, sh- I think there's a lot of, um, it's not overt, as I said, I call it quiet heroism, but it's not overt, uh, you know, wait, flag waving or anything like that. It's all very yeah. stalwart. 
Mm-hmm. And like people doing their duty and yeah. people just doing the best that they can. Like there's no big like fucking general patent moment where a yeah, guy no. gives like the greatest speech of all time. Like everyone's basically kind of dreading their existence. Yeah, and even, and and even kind of like Rana's like, yeah. he's like, oh, well, you know, and you no, only have one boat yeah. at a time and, and they, and the, the general comes or yeah. the admiral comes and he's like, yeah, I told him that we could get 35, maybe 45,000 mm-hmm. back. Um, and that's it. So like just hold tight. And when yeah. boats come, put people on it and we'll hope that they make it back and we'll do it one at a time. And Kenneth Brown is like, let's get smaller boats. And he's like, nope, don't want them to get stuck in the sand when the tides go down. Nope. We're not going to do it that way. It's too easy for them. And just pretty much shows how complicated and like, existentially terrifying it would have yeah. been to be in that situation because everybody like you said is just waiting they're just treading their existence waiting to see what happened and then some people are trying the best that they can to escape but this movie does a good job of roadblocking every little moment of hope that yeah. winds up coming until the very end yeah which makes the ending land so perfectly right? yeah and there's so many like different heroic moments that people have but, like, this movie never, like, lets up. Like, there's no moment for people to be like, oh, look at this cool thing I did. Like, it's yeah. it's constant. Like, nobody's patting themselves on the back in this movie, which is, like... No, it, because they know they're just going to the next chance yeah, of getting like, their shit Like, running. I love the part, like, uh, when Mr. Dawson, Mark Rylance, uh, he's, like... When it's them versus the fucking German Spitfire, or whatever you call German airplanes... And it's one on one, and then he's like, "Okay," and he's like, "He's waiting." He's like, "Yeah, the nose will drop when he gets his line yeah. when he does that turn." Yeah, and then they turn and avoid it, and then like he pulls it off, and you're like, "Holy fuck! How did this guy just do it?" And then he's just like, "Like he's like fuck it." And then no, I, like, think the, I think we just got to keep going. I think they did an incredible job with that because well, right apparently after, that's very accurate because right it's after very, that happened, yeah. right after he did that move, the other pilot who was on the on the boat goes did you serve in the RAF? And he said, no, my other son did. He flew hurricanes. And then immediately the other son's like, he died three weeks into the war and then they just keep going. Yeah. Because it shows that like, no, but that's, this was like, this was like ongoing, like shit was happening. People were dying and you just had to keep going, keep fighting, keep doing all that stuff. Yeah. That's about perseverance. Yeah. There's no time. There's no time to like sit back and like, it, like even like process stuff almost. It's and that's just what like, they say at the end of the film too, because they're like, oh yeah, everybody gets back. But then in the news newspaper, it's like we can expect a response immediately, like almost well, immediately, yeah. which is what happened. I do like the fact that they had that moment with the George kid, who's like when he's he's like, oh, I got on the boat because I'm not good in school. I'm only I was only ever good at the cadet navy. And, like, I thought I was going to do something that would be in the newspaper so I could show my parents. And then at the end, the son of Mr. Dawson... Yeah, puts, puts him to in the newspaper. And, and gets him in the newspaper. And I thought, hero, I was like, which... I got a little bit emotional at that. I was like, damn. Because this kid didn't have to get in. He just chose no. to get in. And he was like, I'm going to help. Yeah. Because... And then because of him, they've helped probably save how many people? Yeah. Because, you know, he helped them get away from the... Uh, the Navy in time because they would have, because the Navy, the British Navy would have taken over their boat and gone themselves. But Mr. Dawson wanted, I guess what, like vengeance or retribution for his own son, I guess. I don't think it was a vengeance. I think it was a sense of probably of duty of being like, yeah. you know, 
somebody's gonna have to go and do it. Well, not like Ven. It's not like he was like going out to avenge his death, but like being like he's not gonna. I'm not gonna let him die. Like I'm not gonna let him die in the war. Like in vain. Well, he like, says I'm that to Cillian Murphy. Yeah. He's like, which I just realized how much that because when you find out that his own son died near the end of the movie, he says to Cillian Murphy, "Why is it that old men should dictate this war that young men go and that and and their sons go to?" to fight it and to die. And I think that that's like, or whatever his line is, he says something along those yeah. lines, more British, more stalwart. Yeah. More, um, um, but, but he, and I think that that's like, I think it's just really good. It's, there's, a, there's so much subtlety to unpack in this movie. Like there's so many things that are just kind of like just below the surface. Um, the and these these kind of narrative themes that keep re- returning but you don't catch it on the first watch like you have to watch it a couple times which is a genius of Christopher Nolan um like i think this film is is outstanding i don't know yeah. if, if it's his if it's my favorite of his films like you said but yeah it's it's i feel like it's technically his best like like it's it it does better where. like because it's it's better it's less like the time things less gimmicky than Inception, it's a it's like a better war movie it's like it's not trying to be tricky like Memento or anything like that, and then the action is like less gratuitous but like more entertaining than any of like the Batman movies. I think honestly, I think that if you really cut it down, if you're really gonna like get get put put yeah. it put it no, down. No, it's hard. It's, it's, it's really hard, hard to it's compare because he does have like, such a solid filmography. Yeah, he like, really does. Like because then there's the I mean, prestige, it's de- which is fucking the prestige is amazing. Fantastic. Interstellar, Interstellar's fantastic. Interstellar's fantastic. Inception is great, even though yeah, it's kind of run it run itself down. Yeah, The Dark Knight uh, revolutionized both film and yeah. Uh, comic book stuff. The Dark Knight is the whole reason we have a fucking comic book movie twice a fucking year, and yeah, I don't know. Are, it's he he. It's the reason every DC this movie now is, has this to be song. this this dark this shaded. movie is like incredible. So like it's hard again. It's hard if we're really gonna down get down to it. It's 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 like saying uh, which year that MJ won the cut or won the championship with the Bulls was the yeah. best year. You know no, what I mean? But I, think, but I think this one has more standout aspects than other things. Like, the cinematography in this one stands out oh, more absolutely. It's- than the editing. Like, this is one movie where you can actually be like, the editing is actually noticeable to a benefit. Because most times, the only time you notice editing in movies is when it's really bad. And it's, like, either really abrupt... But this time, but in this movie, you notice the editing, like I, like I said earlier, how it connects to different temporal and different timelines of shit, and how well it actually makes it seem like it's all happening, but it's not. No, it's confusing. Not, I'm, I'm not saying this. I'm, I'm just saying it might not be my favorite yeah. Nolan film. That's obviously no. I think it's fantastic. But again, we're talking about yeah. these are all like. But I think from a high, technical high aspect, it is his best. I could see that argument being yeah. made, yes. From a in technical fact, aspect. Might, in fact, I'm I probably agree yeah. with that. From but, an entertainment aspect, yeah. Like something like Inception that's oh, so shit, fucking sorry, stupid, like an all over the place and just being mindfuck for the sake of being mindfuck might be more captivating to somebody. 
or something like tenant, which is apparently back playing backwards, but it's forwards, but I don't know. But Denzel Washington's son is younger, but I, I, I don't know what the plot of Tenet is. I know he's a time-traveling special agent. That's it. <laughs> I've never seen it. Robert Pattinson in a suit. That's it. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Denzel, Denzel's son shooting backwards, yeah. catching bullets. I don't know what it's about either. And I'm not going to go to the theater yeah. to see it because COVID's coming back. Yeah. Which I guess, uh, you know, I mean, unless we have anything else we want to add to this, how long we've been going on it. We're at 43 minutes. I was just thinking, uh, I think Christopher Nolan's like one of the only few directors where I actually, yeah, one of the few where I've seen his entire filmography. Like, I know, all, I've seen all of his movies, even his weird first shitty indie movie, Following, which is just weird. I'm pretty sure I've seen all of them too, actually. Because there's Following, Memento. Insomnia. Oh, Insomnia, Memento. Memento. Then Dark Knight. No, no, no. Batman, Batman Begins, Begins, Dark Knight, The Prestige, Prestige, Inception. The Prestige is a fucking banger, though. That is a banging ass movie. That movie's a slapper, dude. Like Dark people Knight under Rises, and I and I recently rewatched uh, Interstellar and uh, I Interstellar's can, fantastic. It's aged so well. Like it going back and watching it again, and and as a rewatch, it's one of those things where it's like. You ever have a pizza place where you buy pizza from and the pizza's great, but then when you reheat it the next day, it's even better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Is that- that's that's it. Because I, I had seen it when it came out, and I think I saw it once shortly after it came out. But then I watched it again, now a little bit older. Um, and certain parts of that movie are just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Like, like we're talking throwing 150%. Like the soundtrack of that movie is oh god yes because who's um, in the Prestige? It's what oh in the Prestige too. The Prestige gets better. It's it's Chris uh, Christian Bale, Bale. Um, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman, Michael Caine, um, David Bowie, David Bowie. Uh, there's some Scarlett Johansson. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. the she's the. Side That's kick. fantastic movie too. That's an absolute slapper. Oh god. That's a big one. Big boy. Um yeah, that's that's I think it's most probably forgotten about. I think it's one. the best movie about magicians ever made. Yeah, there's like what five movies about magicians? There's that, and then there's Now You See Me. Now you see me too. Which I don't know why they didn't call you now you don't. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, the biggest flaw. That's the same thing as when then when they made Sicario instead of calling it or when they made what was supposed to be called Soldado, but then yeah. they called it Sicario Two Day of the Soldado, yeah. which is literally the word like I Sicario. So the movie's called Hitman Two, Day Hitman and Two, Day, Day of the Soldier. Okay, yeah. Well, the first one's called Sicario, which means assassin, yeah. and the second one. Should have been called Soldado because yeah. it's about him, yeah, being a soldier. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. Sicario two, good movie, but that was kind of a disappointment. Like Sicario is such a fucking good movie. It's so good. Oh yeah, Sicario is another one that's just an absolute that uh, that movie destroyer. blows my like I I can watch that movie and there's still scenes that still blow my mind to this day. Should we just do it next week for our topic? <laughs> I guess like or do you want to switch to a different do you want to switch to uh like I don't know because like I I because I feel like I've talked about it so much because like I've 
like talked about it, how this final scene of Sicario where he sits at the dinner table and just pops the dude in front of his family. That's the only time where I've been in a movie theater and audibly went like, oh, fuck, what? Yeah. That's the only time in a movie theater I straight up like, oh, shit. The other, there's Benicio, a couple, there's a couple, son. there's a couple other scenes in that movie where I was just like. Or when the, the bodies blow up, like yeah. the bodies or are all the in the wall. He, at the end when he goes to Emily Blunt's house and he's yeah. like got the bullet and he puts it on the table and he's like, he's like, yeah, like this is a land of wolves. And like this isn't a place for you, and like yeah, and the, just the way that he talks. If she to comes her, back, she's done. Yeah, yeah, like that's a good ass movie. That hard, is a good ass movie. That is a good ass movie. Um, Taylor no, Sheridan wrote that. a bunch of great movies. That movie, uh, Hell or High Water, great and then movie. Wind River. Like the, that, those three movies in a row were fucking bangers. And then he did Sicario too, which but T- Taylor Sheridan killed it. Like those. Three bangers in a row. I just though. can't believe they named it that. Yeah. Also, yeah, I don't know why they didn't name, they didn't call it. Uh, uh, now you don't. But yeah, yeah, no, it's the Prestige. We're talking about the magician movies, the Prestige. Now you see me. Now you see me too. The Illusionist. Oh yeah, um, that's another thing. I, back when the Prestige came out, it came out at the exact same time as like the Illusionist, and Illusionist is just like the shitty like John Cusack version. Well, they said they, they know they, there's some, I forget what they, what they called it. We talked about it in class and, and I've seen it talked about in the, the cinema Twitter and like the, the, the film blogs and stuff like that about how it's like this thing that happens in collective consciousness where people come up with ideas that, and they don't even know that the other person's writing. It's like deep impact and Armageddon yeah, uh, or like volcano and Dante's peak. Or, yeah. and like the, these movies just or kind like of, deep blue sea and like like blasted or yeah something they shit. like these movies just appear out of the aether uh of the collective consciousness and someone writes them yeah. and they wind up being very uh, about the similar things it's just something something that happens i forget what it's called god why can't i remember the name of it i was talking about this with my mom like last week oh uh, it's anyway just, it's just similar, similar anyway but yeah thought. that that happens um yeah, no, Dunkirk. I guess we should round it out. We're coming up on. Yeah, I don't know what would what would you like? I don't know. Solid out of like ten. What would you give it? I would honestly give it a nine point five out of ten. Yeah, I was I gonna say like, about a nine. Like it's a it's a it's up there. Like it's a nine. Of, it's a nine solid thing. Solid. And solid I think film. that's pretty much how it was rated. I think. Like I think it's on like cinema. I can and look. All I, th- I didn't actually tomatoes. look at. What and the, I'm pretty uh, sure it's like at least high 80s, low 90s, probably on like Rotten Tomato or what I oh, or let's take a look. Uh, Metacritic or whatever the fuck the sites are that rate shit. But yeah, no, it's which I think is probably the standard. Like I think. Christopher Nolan probably has a better batting average than most directors. Like he's ne- he hasn't had any outright bad movie, unless Tenet sucks. But I don't think I haven't heard anything bad about it. So, um, uh, Dunkirk received praise for its screenplay, direction, musical score, and cinematography. Some critic, blah blah blah. We read that. Um, the film holds an approval rating of ninety two percent. on Rotten Tomatoes with an average Sounds of eight point right. six eight out of ten. Um, Metacritic gives, gives it a 94 indicating universal acclaim, uh, audience pulled by cinema score gave the film an average grade of a minus on an a plus to F scale, uh, post track gave it an 80, 88% overall positive scores. 
uh, with um, film goers, blah, blah, blah. Everybody called it a masterpiece. And, and uh, Todd McCarthy of The Hollywood Reporter lauded the film, calling it an impressionist masterpiece, deeply moving, but without manufactured sentimentality or false heroics. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Todd McCarthy. That's exactly what yeah, I'm trying to say, Yeah, that's what I was dog. trying to say, like the false heroic things. Like there's no like big bolstering like Dwayne The Rock Johnson speech where then he says something and then out of nowhere, everyone goes and turns into like Spartans and kicks people's asses or something. Like there's no bullshit like that. It's just people doing shit and just being like, this is how you survive. Like this is just life at this point. And it's re- the film's really good at doing that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's uh, really good. Yeah. That's, but that's a professional film critic saying it in better words. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we were both trying to say. I think so. Um, good job, Todd McCarthy. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a killer film. Um, it, it's not a bundle of joy to watch. No, it's not. But, uh, but, but I mean, it is, if you are looking at it technically in your, you know, and you're a film, film type person, but it, the, the, it is a heavy film. There is a lot of loss of life and a lot of, um, like I said, despair and, uh, and, and, uh, and weight to what's going on because of how, um, how kind of honest it is in the way that it's portraying stuff and also the editing and all this, the way that it's just put together cinematography, it feels huge, uh, and over overwhelming at times, mm-hmm. which it's supposed to, because it's supposed to thematically represent the feeling of these soldiers and and the feeling of war itself. And uh, you know, I think Christopher Nolan knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all all we got to say about it. Great film. If you like war movies, one of the best I've ever seen. Go yeah, on. one of the better. Honestly, I guess. The only recent, like, really good, big-scale war movies, I guess, recently have been, like, Dunkirk, 1917. I think I like Dunkirk. Fury. Fury. I've never... Have I even seen Fury? Fury is an absolute slapper of a film. Yeah. Oh, my God. the one about... I can't believe that David Ayer made Fury and then made Suicide Squad. That's, like, that's like literally pooping Dude, David Ayer is honestly the most hit-or-miss director of, like... He has put out some of the greatest, like, movies... And then some of the biggest pieces of shit of all time. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like, this is the dude, didn't he write Training Day or something? Or did he direct Training Day or wrote it or something? <sighs> he he made the movie Harsh Times, which is a fantastic movie where Christian Bale plays like a fucking coked up cop. Oh, yeah. That movie's so good. And then, yeah, and then made Fury. And then he's also made Suicide Squad. Yeah, he, he wrote, He it was a... Antoine Fuqua, who did oh, um, yeah, yeah. Training Day, but he wrote he wrote uh, Training Day. He did Suicide Squad, which I think that somewhere in the uh, in the annals of more of DC Warner Brothers, whatever, that there's probably a cut. of Yeah, that but movie. I don't think it's gonna be as much of a difference as like. But I think the... there's a cut that's a bit better. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Feel oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that they yeah. changed a bunch of stuff because of. I hate focus groups. I wish that they would stop making movies and then focus yeah. grouping them. I wish they would just let people make the movies they want to make mm-hmm. and then let it ride because I find yeah. that movies that are heavily focus grouped, they're focus grouped to the wrong groups of people. Yeah. They like focus group it to like, they took Suicide Squad and they focus grouped it to like a bunch of like regular ass moviegoers, yeah. not the people who are actually going to pay the bills. And so they changed a bunch of stuff. And I feel like that happens yeah. all the time. I wish there was Yeah, just- well, these big studios, especially like Warner Brothers and Disney stuff, they don't want their directors to have final cut. Like they, they don't want, the, it's their product. It's their IP at this point. Yeah, it's that's not- true. 
It's which not fucking wonder, David Ayer's IP. Did, 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 uh, did Taika get final cut on Thor? I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like Disney's different because Disney's has been such a big success where they have trust in it. Like, I guarantee the Russo brothers probably get fucking final cut on their shit. Probably. Since they've made Disney $50 billion, th- they're probably like, oh, oh yeah, okay. they were probably like Avengers Endgame is going to be like three and a half hours yeah. long. And then Disney's, Disney's probably like, can you get it to under three hours? And the Russo Brothers probably like, suck both our dicks. Yeah, at the same time. Same Let's time. Go. <laughs> and then Let's Disney's go. like, oh, I guess and so. You know, and you know afterwards. And you know Kevin Feige actually knows what he's doing and probably actually fights for his And then directors. afterwards he's like, well... They're like, well, we're only yeah. going to come back if we get to do uh, Secret Wars. And then guess what? Phase In Phase 4, they introduced the multiverse so they yeah. could do Secret Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and then, anyway, yeah. enough about Marvel. Um, yeah, great, great, great film. Um, uh, I highly recommend it to anybody who likes movies, who likes uh, uh, war films, who likes yes. Christopher Nolan. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. It is good, uh, and uh, and yeah, man. Hopefully, maybe a year from now we'll be doing Tenet, uh, and talking about that. It is one that yeah. I was wanted to see, but I'm not going to theaters, as I said before, we'll because check look for a drive-in. It's got to be a drive-in around somewhere. That's I haven't true. looked I into it. it I think the closest one's in Guelph. I could try and do a drive-in. Really, I'm just probably gonna wait till it comes out. And honestly, there's probably more drive-ins popping up throughout this summer. P- probably some local theaters in other towns, probably like if they could get a hold of a patch of land, they're probably like, let's just do a drive-in for the summer or something. I don't know. People are probably improv But anyways, yeah, I would like to see Tenet too. It seems like, which I guess that's why we did Dunkirk, I guess, because we wanted to do, well, no, we wanted to do a war movie. And that also kind of works out. That No, we were talking about Nolan and we said Christopher... Or we were talking about Christopher Nolan. We said Interstellar. Oh. And then he said Dunkirk. Because you wanted to do a war movie, mm. but... This was two so. weeks ago. It's all, yeah. it's all gone okay. from my so mind. So what are we doing What are we doing next week? Where I don't we know, going? man. Do we want to, like, try and tackle something big? Like, do we want to do something that we've been, like, circling the drain about? Like, like, or do we want to switch over to a TV show? Do we want to do something musical? I mean, there's there's plenty of things that I can suggest... What are your suggestions? Throw some out here. Hit me with some titles, some well, names. If we're gonna do some movies, if we're gonna tackle big ones, there's always my, you know, Jurassic Park. I was also thinking it might be sick to do Aliens or or Predator. I could do Predator. I think that would be sick too. Uh, I feel like we just need to hit a, a big '90s '80s blockbuster type film. I would do Heat. I would. I was do... just about to say Heat, just because. There's a certain Michael coked up Michael Mann is something I aspire to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of options. Uh, or we could switch over. We could do a TV show. We haven't done the Westworld one yet. Yeah, and I no, want to talk about Westworld. Yeah, we can talk about. It. I literally still just I just need to watch the very last episode. That's it. I just need the last watch the last seventy two minutes of the. Series. I mean, if we're gonna do Westworld, it's gonna be a long podcast because we're gonna be covering three seasons. Yeah, that's easy. Well, we did Hannibal, and that was three seasons. All right, do you want to do Westworld, and then we'll sure. do, and then we'll do a big one after that. We'll do Westworld. And yeah, because Westworld's kind of easy to talk about. Well, because we can just, we just, we just, we'll just have to 
like compartmentalize it into the different seasons because the seasons are very easy to talk about separately because they're three distinctive storylines. Yeah. So that's easy. That's, I'm I'm fine with doing that. So we okay. want to do Westworld next sure, week. Sure, we'll then? do Westworld. All right, next week we'll do Westworld. I think that probably coming into October we might try and do some spooky stuff. I, I would like to coordinate a spooky, my nice spooky. Now list. I I just have a I have a question because you brought a, a suggestion to me about when we're going to my cottage. I have another suggestion that's a, a mm. thought. What if we were to record one of these uh, either while we are watching... Like a watch with movie? Yes. Okay, we could do that. that Well, we're having a couple beers watching a movie at my cottage. And I have a movie, and I have the movie that I think I would want to do because we have it at the cottage I know, and it's a movie that I heavily fuck with. But I don't know if if it's one you feel like talking about Skyfall. We can watch it. I. I mean, we can look at other ideas. I, I just is an idea. I don't that even I have. remember the last James. Does it? Does the continuity of the James Bonds movies even matter? Kind of with the last ones, but Skyfall you can watch on okay. its own because I've only seen Casino Royale of the Daniel Craig ones. Oh, Skyfall's like the best. James Bond. It's a great movie as is. Sam Mendes, man, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's also same cinematographer as Dunkirk. <laughs> got the I mean, we can, we can discuss it. Next week, we'll talk about uh, Westworld and, uh, and, uh, and all that stuff. Uh, is there anything that you need to promote? Um, n- no, just listen to the other podcasts. Listen to Otis Morris Hates Himself. Uh, at this point, I'm still doing the Mossad thing. At this point, I'm kind of sick of it, and it's going to be the last episode next week, and then I'll get and back. And they'll be done with the Mossad? Yeah, because it's literally... I've done five parts, so that's five. But will they be done with you after they've heard it? No, I feel like not. they're going to be like... You this, might be on a list somewhere? Yeah, they're like, this guy's been spending weeks looking into us, and, you know, I'm not like... It's, you know, I'm not using, like, a VPN or anything, so <laughs> I'm just like, fucking... You might get an email being like... Yeah, if a Jew, if Can some Jewish guy comes to my door and he's like, and he's speaking in tongues, and I'm just like, dude, just shoot me right now, just shoot. Dude, me. I had, I know somebody who did that when I was at U of T. Somebody who was researching like the dark web and all that stuff, and he got a, he got a, a message that was like, we know your family lives at this place. We know you live here. Stop dude, looking into well, it. Well, one time I was looking at, I was trying, to, I was trying to do a comic. I was trying to do like a comic and. I was trying to watch a beheading video because I was trying to animate a beheading. So I was like, oh, I'll just go watch a beheading video. Perfectly reasonable. Turns out you can't just find beheading videos. So I think you I probably shouldn't just be looking up on Google beheading videos. Yeah. And then I'm looking it up. And then as I'm like just watching the video and seeing how it's done, my webcam on my computer turned on. That's why the dots on it. There are the piece of papers on it. It's my webcam, just the light on it, just randomly flicked on while I was looking up beheading videos. And I was like, Fuck yo, this. yo, yo, I'm not even joking. That's a real thing. That's so, wild. Yeah. Uh, I don't, what do I have to, uh, to promote? Um, also, I'm not a sick fuck that I was legitimately looking it up. If you go on my, ins- if you go on my Instagram, you can look up the comic strip that I ended up making. Cause I didn't make an animated thing. It's a comic strip, but. Right on. I don't know if that's helping your case or hurting your case, but whatever. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm sure he meant nothing. Uh, FBI agent that's looking at that's listening to us now. He meant nothing. I swear. Um, I swear. Uh, he. Uh, uh, what do I have to promote? Oh yeah. So uh, I announced my album High Strangeness coming out on the 30th of October. See? Oh yeah, he's showing me it right now. Oh, it's harmless, FBI agent. Yeah, it's harmless. The guy's yellow. He looks like a yellow. Yeah. He looks like a. He looks like yeah. a yellow. He looks like a a peep come to life. It's not real. No, it's not. No, it's highly no. cartooned. No, it's very cartoonish. But I realized how stupid it was after. I was like, there could have been an easier way for me to look this up. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah, my album's coming out. High strangeness, October thirtieth. I have a single that's just dropped with uh, with my good buddy AK Soleil. It's called Feel. You can stream it on the Cemetery Sound SoundCloud. Uh, there'll be some more singles before the album comes. Uh, the artwork is out there. You can check it out on my Instagram at Palm Reader, P-A-L-M-R-E-A-D-R. That's Palm Reader without the last E. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at P-L-M-R-D-R. And uh, uh, yeah, if you want to stream stream that, that'd be great. If you want to check out the Anxiety Weekend album, uh, Mind to Keep Distant, I put out in August. That'd be great too. And um, there'll be some more stuff regarding my album dropping in the next couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, that's fun. That's exciting. I guess that's it. What's your ats? Yeah. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Otis Morris. I'll be posting some local show things since now comedy shows are happening. Uh, Oh, I guess that is what I wanted to say. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, comedy shows are happening uh, but coronavirus is rising, so, so if it does come back and we wind up being in uh, in a lockdown situation again, we will continue to try to do this podcast from afar. But there may be uh, a week or two where we have yeah. to sort it out and figure it out. So I uh, just wanted to give y'all the heads up yeah. that we will keep you in the loop. Hopefully, we can continue to see one another and record this. Um, but if it uh, if it if it goes the way. Of the dodo, our freedoms go the way of the dodo a little bit, and we have to lock back down. There may be a break in our regularly scheduled programming. Wear your fucking mask. Yeah, no, all all the shows are all masked, socially distanced, limited limited seating. It's only like fifty percent capacity. You also have to call ahead to book a reservation to get in. Well, at least at the show that I'm doing for Blackball Comedy, that you got to call ahead, reserve a table, wear your mask in restaurants, and then sit at your table and then take your mask off. Don't be one of those weird people that's above the law. It's not law, but it's just like moral law. Well, don't be one of those people who just wants to be yeah. a selfish jerk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see my girlfriend again. Vote Donald Trump out if you're American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, fuck it. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's it. Next week we'll be talking about Westworld. Um, be sure to, Play some Red Dead Redemption, put on your cowboy boots and hat, perhaps have sex with a robot, whatever you feel you need to do to get ready to talk about that uh, wonderful and uh, excellent and mind-fucking-bending, crazy-ass TV show. And um, Get ready to do your best Ed Harris impression. Yeehaw. Hell yeah. Let's get to it. We'll see you next week. Always remember to... I don't know, kiss your father, mother, son, daughter, cat, dog. Initiate, activate, and proliferate the protocol of the bird. Yeah. Yippee-ki-yay, mother ladies and people. (laughs) Yippee-ki-yay, mother liquors. All right, let's go. (laughs) Uh, I don't know.
Thanks for listening. All right. All right. Peace out, y'all.